This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My passion is to help others transform their lives using the tools I've acquired and implemented from the Certification in Positive Psychology course and as a positive psychology coach. I hope that as they learn and live these practices, they will serve and lead too. I've gone on to create meetup groups, speak to organizations, podcasts, work with children in schools, created a postcard campaign, published newspaper articles, led workshops, retreats, conduct coaching sessions, and I cannot wait to see what else is in store for me. I believe so much in the transformational power of this work that my once reserved shy self cannot help but speak up. This is not just a movement of the self, it is a movement beyond the self in service of the greater good. As we, the tiny ripples, move out and become agents of change, we create a tidal wave of positivity, light, and happiness out into the world, writes Natalie. Valeria interviews Natalie Horner, the author of Gratitude, A Journal of the Heart. Natalie Horner is also the founder of Gifts of Gratitude and a coach. Natalie has come to understand and appreciate what it means to live a life of passion and purpose through her professional training and life experiences. She's certified and licensed in positive psychology the study of what makes people happy through the Whole Being Institute. Natalie studied under renowned Harvard professor Tal ben Sharar and is licensed in facilitating the Inspire Your Ideal workshop. She also received training at the Sedona Women's Institute to facilitate workshops and retreats for women. Her mission is for her efforts to serve as a beacon of light, hope, love, and peace in the world. Meet Natalie at nataliehorner.com and facebook.com backslash natalie's gifts of gratitude here's the interview with natalie horner in your own words who is natalie horner as of now in this moment and for the past few moments, I think I'm a fellow journeyer. I am on this path of seeking and learning and growing and hoping that I am able to inspire and plant seeds in other people so that they can live their best life and and follow their I just saw a quote by I think it's Joseph Campbell who says, you know, you need to follow your bliss. And I hope that people can follow their bliss. So much of life 
we don't follow our bliss. We're we're too caught up in that every day and and not really being present. And the bliss is all around us. How do we learn to shift from the mental constructs of everyday life, this almost robotic way of living, of doing things, to a more open and spacious kind of state of being? I think one of the greatest ways is to get out into nature. I think nature provides, even just five minutes of nature, getting out and truly being present and really looking at something, picking up a leaf, picking up, you know, or noticing, noticing, you know, the little the little specks on a flower, you know, so many times we go by. But if we really pay attention to that, it takes us out of out of that thinking mind and more into a, a present mind, I, I believe. And, and another really good way of doing it is to tap into your senses, to really become aware of your senses, you know, touching something. You know, when you eat something, really tasting it, not just swallowing your food, really being present with it. Um, and it. And it brings us back into our body, into the ground, you know, being grounded. And I think so much is, you know, from the, you know, we're from the neck up, you know, we're thinking, 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 but we forget that we have this body below that's doing so much work and being there and just being present, even just your breath. I mean, what an amazing thing. I mean, it just, you do it and it's automatic. And the only time you realize that it's there is if you can't do it. And just to realize that just that breath is just such a gift, is is such a, a beautiful thing. And to, to notice that and to be present and how does it feel in your body? I mean, look at how, look at all the work it's doing. Your body's doing this tremendous amount of work and just tapping into the sights and the sounds. There's, there's so many times where we're driving or, you know, I'll find myself, you know, I'll go outside and I'll be reading something and, and I have to really stop myself and say, listen, what do you hear? Because otherwise I wouldn't hear anything. We don't tap enough into those things. But if we tap into just one of those senses, it will bring us back to the present. So it's a really good thing to remember when we want to stop thinking so much is to go back to our senses. When I think about nature, I think about all these plants, all the vegetation and everything that's out there. As an example, a flower, it reaches its full potential without thinking. Mm. So that's amazing to see. And you just mentioned the body. So the body is doing the same thing. It's keeping the organism alive without thinking. It's almost like automatically doing its job. That makes me wonder about our thinking ability. Wow, it's a gift, but at the same time, it feels like it's not. But it is, right, Natalie? It's just finding the balance, it seems to me. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things, especially during COVID, what I really tried to focus on was that we could really start spinning our wheels. And that's what we do most of the time with the things that we're thinking about. We're spinning our wheels. And how many times are the things that we are worried about, do they really even happen? Our imagination kicks in. We start to think of it. So what I would do is to focus on right that moment and say, right now, am I 
Am I safe? Am I healthy? Am I, you know, um, I'm alive? You know, I'm here. And let go of some of that mind chatter and just realize for that moment, the only moment we have is that we're okay. We're okay right now. And all those things that are spinning have not happened for the most part. So to keep spinning them, we we lose the only thing that we have. We have that moment. And if we let that moment go, we've lost, you know, we've lost so much of our life. And, you know, so it's really important to try and take that little step back when we get caught up in something to acknowledge, you know, here I am, I'm standing on the ground, I'm breathing, I'm safe, I'm okay, and really be okay with that. I can't worry about all the things in the world. Most things we we have no control over. So it's not really not thinking is to realize, to be aware when thinking has gone too far, isn't it? It has become overthinking. And now it's affecting our mental health, it's our emotional health. And that's when practices really, really help. Because if we have not been practicing, then it's more of a challenge to manage, to stop thinking. Not even stop thinking, but manage our, our own thoughts. That's what it seems to me. Well, I think a big part of gratitude mm, is yep. that it makes you more resilient, And how it does that is, you know, I think people, you know, if they understood, the more we practice, as with anything, the more we practice something, the more it becomes a part of who we are. And if we practice gratitude, it eventually becomes embodied. It becomes a part of who we are. And it rewires the brain. You know, we've talked about that before, where that creates new neural pathways in the brain which years ago, we, we never realized that. We're now, we know that we can change our brain up until the day that we're no longer here um, by creating these little tiny habits of change. So if you are waking up in the day, you know, morning and going out and with the intention of saying, I'm going to look for the good, I'm going to look at things to be grateful for, reminding yourself through the day to be present, to really look and see the miracles that are around you, then it changes the brain. And what happens is, is when we come up against something that's difficult or, you know, life happens and, um, you know, difficulties happen and we all go through this as being humans. But when we go through it by practicing gratitude, what I've noticed and what is true is that when you do practice, it changes the brain so that when even a difficult situation arises, It's not that you don't feel those emotions. We feel all those emotions, but we are able to bounce back quicker because we've trained the brain to look for the good. So the brain constantly wants to keep searching for the good, even within the difficult. Like, I mean, I had an example. Um, In October, I lost two family members to COVID within three days very, very difficult. And um, when that happened, you know, of course, it was it was devastating, and it still is. And I still feel those emotions and those pain. 
but I'm able to look at it and go, you know what? What a gift I was given. I was with my uncle the month before. I don't know how many times, much more than I normally would have. And I don't know why, but I feel like it was a gift. I'm like, wow. And I got to say some things to him that, you know, the words were said, you know, we, we told each other, we loved each other. We, you know, we shared, um, you know, a lot of you know really nice things. He had taken me out for my birthday for lunch. And, you know, there just was such a beautiful feeling there that, um, that when you practice gratitude, even in the difficult, I'm able to find something good about it. Mm. If there is such a thing. That's another message that resonates very much with me. So it is a, a practice, but it's not just um, an intellectual practice. It, it's something that changed the physical brain, which is oh, incredible. Yeah, the brain and it changes the way we see the world. And especially for me, I grew up in a home life that was very dysfunctional and chaotic. And most times I, you know, there was, you know, depression and things within the family. And, you know, you grew up with that negative bias where you saw the world through these, you know, I would say dark glasses, I guess. And so to change the brain and to start to see the world in a different way, it's possible. It's possible for anyone. What a beautiful message that we all need to hear and be Mm. reminded of. Thank you, Natalie. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, with that in mind, how did you discover the power of gratitude at first? How did this begin? Well, it was a crazy story. Yeah. It's a, kind of a funny story. It's um, I always read the editorial column in the newspaper, and I came across, it was Thanksgiving of 2010, and I saw an article by a woman. She had written in, and she talked about how her daughter had given her this blank notebook, no, mm, notebook and said, you know, write three to five things you're grateful for every day. And she said, you know, I, I didn't know what it was going to do, but I decided to try. And she says she could not believe the difference in her life. And she said the same thing that I'm talking about. She talked about um, how even in the difficult, like she had broken her foot and and how she found, you know, she was able to be in nature more and to spend more quiet time. And how it made a difference, even in the difficult, by practicing this gratitude. And um, and her article was called "Gratitude Reveals Great Wealth," and she's talking about you know this wealth that we all we all seem to be wanting uh, to get. You know, we we think it's you know material things or whatever. We we keep searching, but it's really an inside job. It's about it's about you know, finding that within yourself and giving that away, like we talked about. It's it's finding that gratitude and, and sharing that, being grateful for people, letting them know, telling them, and then you're able to, um, you know, it's a win-win. You give it away and somehow it comes back. It's like it's this beautiful um, right this beautiful dance of of Mm. life that is so beautiful. Mm. Oh, I love the dance part (laughs) too. I often use the word dance because that's what it feels like life is. Even the gift of thinking, but also knowing how to go in and out of it, the dance between thinking, but not thinking too much, 
so we don't get caught up and stuck in negativity or even mental health issues. You wrote a piece titled Gratitude Reviews Great Wealth Within Ourselves, and that was published in the book Finding Unshakable Happiness. So talk to me for a moment about the main intention of writing that piece and how the collaboration went, because I love collaboration work, community work, and also the, um, am I pronounce it correctly, Inspire Whole Person Wellbeing Model. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a big group there. But the way it worked is there's been so many of us that have taken um, the certificate in positive psychology and it has changed so many lives. It's a year long program. And through the, um, you know, we did immersions and um, and we got little groups, our accountability groups and things like that. And through these groups, we really, so many people grew and so many people changed their lives. So they they asked for who would like to write a chapter about how positive psychology, which is the study of what makes people happy, would you like to write a chapter about it? And so I had never really written a chapter before, but I jumped in and I said, all right, I'll do it because I really believe in this work. And I believe that, you know, it it has the power to change people's lives. And so between the gratitude and the positive psychology of which Spire, the model of whole person well-being is, is a part of. And Spire stands for the spiritual, the physical, the intellectual, the relational, and the emotional. All the pieces of a whole person well-being. And what we use that model for is to, you know, like I know for myself, I still use it a lot. If I'm having an off day or an off week or I feel something isn't right or my New Year's resolutions even, I go through every piece of those, you know, such as the spiritual is leading a meaningful life and savoring the present. Um, You know, I'll look at myself and I say, am I being present? Am I practicing? Like, I believe gratitude. One of the biggest gifts is to be present. That's what it does. It makes you present to life so that you see what's going on around you so that you can write about these good things and these miracles that are happening. So, um, you know, I look at the spiritual side. Then I look at the physical side, which is caring for the body and tapping into the mind-body connection. You know, what we talked a little bit earlier about how the mind starts going and by coming back even into our own bodies and using our senses we're able to kind of balance the two. It doesn't mean we get rid of one or the other, but kind of living in balance. Um, yoga is another another big piece of, um, of the mind-body connection. Um, but, you know, being in nature, again, nature fills almost every yeah. single one of these. Um, you yeah. know, but the physical, <laughs> we'll talk about going for a walk, dance, jog, um, you know, eating healthy making sure you rest when when you need to. It's really taking care of the self, the physical. You know, then it goes on to the intellectual, which is engaging in deep learning and opening to experience. So it's all, it's like following your curiosity and being curious about the world. You know, whether you enjoy reading and maybe you, um, you want to read or, you know, trying something new that you've never done before, um, 
you know, or, or noticing something new. Like I always talk about finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. There's so much to see, but we, you know, we don't see it. So that's part of that one. The relational is um, nurturing a constructive relationship with self and others. It's it's not only, um, you know, your relation to other people. This is the relationship to yourself. How do you treat yourself? How do you talk to yourself? Having that self-compassion for yourself, love for yourself, but for others. Because, you know, we're always told and, you know, it's really funny because I, I always thought like, oh, you know, people always say you got to love yourself before you love other people. And I always think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we really don't we don't really come to that conclusion but it was really you know not a funny thing but you know I I had to set some boundaries with some things and you know it really was about respect for myself and um and I I was so afraid because I love to do things for people and you know in some ways want to please people and I had to say I couldn't do something and it was really difficult but you know I noticed that after I did it, I felt like the other person respected me as a person more. And I respected myself because I had listened to myself and I, and I, you know, I took the warnings and, you know, made sure that I took care of myself versus, you know, like we always do, we overdo at the expense of ourselves, And then we wonder why we're so depleted. So, you know, um, yeah. And then the emotional side is feeling all emotions. And this is, you know, a huge one because I think people think of positive psychology or gratitude as, oh, you know, we're supposed to be happy, 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 and we're all running around and everybody's excited. That's not true. That, you know, we feel all of our emotions. It's it's the resilience piece that comes in because of, of the work that we've done on gratitude or in the work you know, a positive, a positive psychology of the rewiring of the brain that allows us to feel our emotions, but be able to bounce back quicker. So that whole, you know, example of that, I love, I love the Spire model because, you know, we're not just looking at one piece of ourselves; we're looking at the whole. And there's a chart where you look at it and you say, how am I doing in this piece today? Or, or have I seen people recently? Or have I treated myself well? You know, and you start to see where you are or maybe you haven't been sleeping well. And so you notice it. So how, what can I do to help myself raise that level in that area so that I feel better? So my whole person rises because one affects the other. And so, you know, in order to be whole, we need to look at all the pieces. Yes, it goes back to the harmony, the balance, Mm -hmm. which is dynamic, right, Natalie? It's not fixed. It's not a destination to arrive at. No, and every day it's different. Some days we're, you know, we're with people and we're on and enjoying all that. But then maybe another day we need to look at the intellectual piece and maybe we need to spend some time in nature by ourselves. We need some sort of a balance of, of life and, and for ourselves. Amazing. Every time you mention nature, it kind of opens the heart. It's amazing mm. how incredible it is. And I think a lot of that is, it has to do with this, the mental constructs that we believe we know what nature is already. So sometimes we just ignore it. We don't see it, as you said. You also wrote a journal. It's titled Gratitude, A Journal of the Heart. 
And you also have gratitude postcards. You're also a coach. So I'd love to hear more about your work as of today, Natalie. Are you coaching one-on-one groups, corporations? I'm doing both. I'm doing some groups and I'm also doing one-on-one coaching, which I find very um, rewarding, I think, to lead people on a path that can help them move forward. I think, you know, that's the point I've gotten to in kind of like my sort of career here is that I want to serve this work forward. And in order to do that, like I love doing these podcasts. I mean, I, I love them. I get energized just hearing your voice and, you know, listening and talking about all this, it, it really inspires me too. But I find that sometimes, you know, if we do, you know, a one hour talk or whatever, we don't have the impact of really working with people and helping them, you know, to get onto their, onto the next level of really practicing, of being accountable. Like, you know, I know, I think it's Peter Drucker. He was a, a famous, um, business, maybe mentor or um, teacher. And he always said, you know, don't tell me how wonderful this weekend was. Tell me what you're doing differently. And that's really the piece that I want to capture now. I want to see people's lives really turning. And I do see it in the work, but I, I want it to really be lasting. And so I think by doing you know, the coaching and also I'm going to do some more teaching. I'd love to go into schools and to really work with the kids. And and I have done it in the past. I think, you know, I was working on a children's book on gratitude with kids, underprivileged children um, in the city of Buffalo. And, um, and so it's taken me all over the place, which I really, truly love. I love the creativity, but I'm at a place now where I really want to make that impact. So I'm hoping that does. And I am doing a free 30 day challenge out on my, um, it's out on my Facebook, Natalie Herner coaching. And I'm hoping that people sign up. It's for free. You get on and for a month, we're just going to write one thing we're grateful for with interaction from other people, you know, it'll be, it'll be a private group but hoping that we can encourage each other to start this practice that rewires the brain, that it becomes a part of who we are. So in our difficulties and in the good, we can see the good as, you know, as a quote I've heard from Dr. Talba and Shahar is what we appreciate appreciates. Mm. So the more we appreciate, the more we see. Mm. So I love that. I mean, I love your work, especially when you, you talk about children. So that really, it's a very inspiring action because if we can teach children to be grateful, to see the good, as you say beautifully, what a different world this will be. It will be a completely different reality if we don't wait to we wire the brain later on. It's, it's well, yeah, we start from when it's, you know, malleable, that these kids are so impressionable. And we don't realize sometimes the little things that we do make such an impact on them. And, um, you know, there's so much I think we learn, we teach them how to read and write and, and not that those aren't important. But it's how to have a friendship. It's how to be mindful, you know, starting your day with these gratitude practices, giving these kids a little bit of a break to to sit and just think and to, you know, it's, it's funny. I was, I just wrote a blog for this month and we had been with friends who have younger children, you know, and 
every day they were waking up saying, oh, what are we going to do next? Oh, what are we going to do tomorrow? Like, you know, they're privileged children and they have a lot and they're constantly looking for this outside stimulation. Yet, when they were given the opportunity to go in a waiting pool with a bunch of their friends, they made up games and they had fun for hours. And I think that's part of the secret of even for ourselves, being bored, spending time and just nothing. We, we constantly want to fill up our days and our minutes and our hours with things that really aren't the most important things in our lives. We really have to pick and choose and, and set that intention. It's uh, finding meaning, right, Natalie? It yes, sounds to me. Yeah, meaning yeah. and purpose and your passion. You know, really, what are you passionate about? How can you make this world a better place? How can you, what's the simple things you could do? Smile at somebody walking by you, hold a door. How hard are these things? We've forgotten about some of the common courtesies that are really what life is about. It's, it's about the simple things, the connection to one another, the humanity. And there's a quote I put, well, not a quote, but I talked about there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And the light, I believe, is the divine. We all have that divine within ourselves, what we were born with. If we could show a little bit more of that divine, this world would be so much better. And we would see it in each other. We would recognize that we all have those seeds of, of goodness and beauty in us. And so... I just think we need to recognize it and and be that, be that light. I love the way you say that. It sounds very spiritual to me, which it is, right? And, and mm -hmm. it feels like once we go spiritual, then everything else is touched by it. It mm -hmm. almost is illuminated by this light, as you call it, the divine light. That's beautifully said. I, I love spiritual anything, <laughs> spiritual knowledge, spiritual wisdom, spiritual conversations, because they tend to really flavor everything else, all the other aspects of life. It really mm. does. So thank you for bringing that to the conversation again, Natalie. It feels really good even to hear mm. that. Thank you. And you too. You, you are the epitome of that and all that you do. Oh, thank it's you for the beautiful. encouragement. It really is. Oh, I love doing this. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is my sacred hour, I call it. For now, I cannot have these conversations with people around me that much. I'm planning to have meetings in person and all, but for now, this has become my retreat <laughs> place. I agree. Uh, oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah, I have a question for you about, yeah, just a curiosity. Do you see a difference between gratitude and appreciation? I think that when you are grateful, um, and your heart is filled with that and it's open to that, you're much more appreciative to everything around you. And you're able to express that. I think so many times, you know, we want to say things and we don't, but I think when we're grateful and we walk around this world, like there's a, there's a definition of gratitude that I love. There's a huge one that talks about so many things, but the one I think I, I love the most is from Webster, and it just says, gratitude is the state of being grateful. And when you live from that state of gratitude, and you're filled with that in your being, I think the appreciation comes, and you're able to express it because of it. So appreciation comes from a place of gratitude. Mm, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to understand that because... I think it has been six months now. I have changed. Before I would sign off 
emails, text message and all that saying uh, much love and gratitude. And then I changed mm -hmm. to much love and appreciation. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, without thinking. So I was wondering why that happened. It might be because gratitude was established. I think so. And you're embodying it. And so, you know, when you put that out there, now you're, now you're giving it back. It's like a give back. You're saying, I appreciate you. And I love when you talk about the small, simple things, being appreciative of those small things, simple things in life that means so much. It really opens the heart. It's amazing. Like when you speak from a place of spiritual knowledge, anyone speaks from that place. There's something happens in me. It's just the heart opens and there's this huge feeling of appreciation, not just for the person as a person, but that divine energy that can be mm. felt. It's almost like a transmission, I would say. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's what I do a lot of times, like when I start like these podcasts or I'm interviewed by somebody or whatever, I really start the whole conversation by having a heart full of gratitude and expressing to the person how grateful I am to them. And it just opens up that channel and to give and to receive from a really authentic, loving space, spiritual space. And it's interesting because I connect gratitude, appreciation, all these wonderful feelings and all the others with this sense of being open to life. The more open I am, or you, every, anyone is, then the more we tend to feel these very subtle, uh, precious mm. um, gifts that life has to offer. That's right here. It's actually not hidden. It's no, always in front no. of us. No, but it, there's, you know, there's that quote that said you can see either you look at life as everything's a miracle or nothing is a miracle. So it's focused, right? Now that it's all a yeah. matter of focus of what lens we're looking through. Right. I realized that more than ever. You wrote about losing your aunt suddenly mm. to cancer. You made that connection. I would love to hear more about it, Natalie. Well, it's like I said about the COVID with my uncle. It's the same thing with my aunt. Um, you know, she was diagnosed and she died six days later of cancer, which, you know, was a, a shock. And it was, um, it was very sad. But I was able to go to that hospital every single day and get her, get her flowers. She was, you know, she was conscious, um, you know, get her a warm blanket get her her favorite tea and she wanted, you know, a certain hamburger. And I was able to give her those things and to be of love and of service. And it made me realize too, that the only thing that we leave with is, is the love that we've had for other people and the love they've had for us. And to see that love in action and to see that is, was such a beautiful thing. So within the sadness, like I talked about before, the resilience, gratitude plays this huge part in resilience of this being able to bounce back. Not that it wasn't painful, not that it still doesn't hurt that she's gone because she was like a mother to me. Um, but I'm able to see the good. I'm able to say, wow, you know, some people pass away and we don't get that opportunity to tell them how much we love them and to be with them and to do those special little things. 
But it also brings us back to why not? Why aren't we doing these things? Why aren't we doing those little things for each other that make each other smile and are happy? Whether it's sitting and having a cup of tea or, you know, just that time spent together, you know, um, we should be doing it. It doesn't have to be, you know, at the end of life, but it, but it was a gift to be able to have it and be able to do that for her. So that is a, another beautiful reminder of appreciating people around us while they're here, ourselves mm. and, and others, because we never know. Yeah, don't wait. Don't wait. As I hear you, I do think about people around me and myself, of course. I have a lot of practices that I engage in when it comes to positivity. So I'm always um, doing something that will trigger the mind to be in a positive space. But I do have people around me who have a hard time doing that. And sometimes really, because it's a matter of attention, it seems to me like they have been practicing so much the other way around (laughs) of Mm. uh, giving almost like fuel to negative thoughts that Mm. they keep going back to it almost as a cycle. So, and it's not easy to break. I wonder if this is something to shift the attention to do what you do and what I'm doing. So many other people that I talk to are doing the practice of healing and and spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Does it take this willingness to do the work or suffering is the biggest catalyst to change? Um, I I, I think sometimes our pain becomes our purpose. But I also think that... In order to change, you know, and I think we've always had this misconception that in order, like, you know, we set our New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do all these things. I'm, you know, I got this whole big list and, you know, I'm going to do all these things. And we find, and what the majority of people find is that after the first month, most people have stopped. And why does it happen is because people make too large of it you know they're putting all these changes all together the way to truly change is there's a word that i love it's a japanese word called kaizen and it's small incremental change and so that's how change occurs you have to pick one small thing and start with it whether it's gratitude one thing a day you're grateful for or it's you know and sticking to it and and if you do have a day off permission to be human and go back and do it again. Just sticking with one tiny thing. And what I've found is as you make that tiny change and as it becomes a part of you, all the other things that you wanted to change, they start to happen. It's like a domino effect. And so that's how change occurs. So they have to be willing to try one small, simple thing and stick with it. And I think you'd see a lot more people be able to change because people make these too lofty of goals and then they start to fail and then they give up and it's too hard. So you start small, tiny, teeny, tiny. That's a beautiful advice, suggestion, uh, reminder. (laughs) Yes, small, start small, right. It makes so much sense, Natalie. Thank you for saying that. So we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions, the ending questions. Before that, I want to mention there's a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh that you mentioned in that article. You say, to live in the present, or he says, to live in the present moment is a miracle. 
beautifully said, you have been talking, we have been talking about the present moment, being here now and miracles. So that puts everything together. So this moment is a miracle. That's a profound message and uh, one that we, the mind has a hard time understanding. But I think we have to bypass the mind in a way. But the heart knows. Yes, the heart knows. Absolutely. And I love the subtitle of your book. That really resonated then and now and forever. Gratitude, a journal of the heart. I love that. So thank you so much again, Natalie, for being you, oh, for saying yes to life. Too. I love the work that you're doing and you're bringing us so many interesting people. And I just love it. I, I bought so many books. It's like, wow, because, you know, there's just so much good information and, and, and learning to be done by these beautiful people who are doing an amazing work in the world. And thank you for you for bringing them to our attention and, and showcasing them. Yeah, thank you for the encouragement. I really appreciate that because I know it's coming from the heart and we all connected in this mission to make this world a more peaceful one. So thank you for saying that, for being that mm-hmm. message to the messenger and the message, Natalie. Mm, thank you. So before my ending questions, would you like to add anything else that we left unsaid for today? No, if you want to make that small, tiny change, go to my my Facebook account, Natalie Herner Coaching, and, you know, sign up. It's free, and we're going to start August 1st, and I'm hoping that we have some, you know, some followers that, you know, these tiny changes are what changes the brain and changes our life. So if we can help and make each other accountable and do that, we're changing the world. I'll have the link on your podcast profile, too. And let's see my last question. I'll ask you this one. I don't think I asked you this question the first time I interviewed you. I don't think I did. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Mm. Mm. That's a tough one. I think before they lose the body, what would they want to do? I think having, first of all, having people in your life that you're connected to and loved and and you're loved unconditionally. I think that's one. Um, Number two, um, that the true joy of life and being in the present moment and being able to be comfortable in the uncomfortableness of that, because I think it's very uncomfortable for us to have spare time and to just, you know, and to be able to be comfortable with that and to allow. And I, I think surrender. Surrender is a huge thing. And I've been reading a lot about it. We have so much resistance to so many things. But to surrender to life and to know that the universe has us and what's meant for us is going to be there instead of trying to fight and move and push, to really be able to surrender, a place of peace. Mm, oh, I love all that. <laughs> I don't know if that answered correctly, oh, but that's my God. what came to me. <laughs> yes, that's it. Thank you so much again, Natalie, for your presence in this reality, for your work, for being open to life and everything else in between that can be felt. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Valeria. You you are amazing. You too. Take good care of yourself and we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch oh, again. Bye for here. now, Natalie. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening. 
To learn more about Natalie Horner and her work, please visit nataliehorner.com and facebook.com backslash Natalie's Gifts of Gratitude. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.